episode 17 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Owls. Don't say that to yourself. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 17 of Fitness Behaviour, your monthly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come along with it. Well, it's been a crazy month. Actually, I, I, I'm, I'm not telling the truth there. It's actually been quite a relaxing month. It's um, In New Zealand, it's our summertime right now and over the summer season, it's where New Zealanders take most of their big holidays off and I've just had three weeks off work and I have to admit, it's been pretty cool to actually have that time off work and relax. And I know in the last show, I talked a lot about, you know, relaxing and taking time and to, you know, recharge your batteries and stuff. And it was a pretty big year in last year. And it was quite nice to have three weeks where I slept in every day and I bummed around and all the rest of it. So I'm feeling relaxed today, which is really good. I have to say one wicked piece of news for the show was that um, the iTunes Music Store chose to put um, this podcast on as a promotional podcast on its front page. It's been on there, now not in every country in the world, but a lot of countries in the world for over a month now. And I have to say, I've got so many new listeners from them doing it. Now, I don't know why they chose the show or you know how they go about choosing shows to do that. But obviously, they must be doing something right because iTunes noticed me and they put it up there and... Um, I've pretty much doubled the numbers of listeners to this show in the last month so if you're new listening to the show welcome to the show and uh, hopefully you've gone back and listened to some of the old um, shows and yeah, hopefully you're enjoying what we're doing here. I got quite a bit of feedback on last month's show around um, the idea of you know, putting rests into your day at certain times or learning when you're kind of mentally fatigued and putting kind of micro rests and micro breaks in your day so you can become more efficient and more focused at the things that you're doing. And there's a few people I coach, I, you know, I do the personal coaching and uh, one of the guys I coached, I hadn't actually, we hadn't really been working about adding that into his day, but I was speaking to him last week and he said, oh, I listened to the podcast and I decided that I'd put a you know, half an hour break in at my lunch every day. And so he goes out to his car and he goes and jumps in his car for 30 minutes and he goes and relaxes for 30 minutes. And he said to me, it's just been a godsend. He's just so relaxed and it's been such a benefit to, um, you know, to he finds he works till 12 o'clock and normally he'd be really tired, but he'd keep on trying working through. Whereas now, because he has that rest, he's finding it has a massive effect on his afternoon production at work. So it's just nice to hear some of that feedback coming through. So I know uh, that may be hard to do some of that kind of stopping and going and having a rest for half an hour, but give it a try. Maybe if you could set a goal of doing it for a week and just exploring what that's like and you'll maybe notice some benefit at the end of it and maybe at the end of the week you go, wow, this is something I want to put in my day. You know, with that, just make sure you kind of get those small little breaks in there all the time as well. You may notice that I'm trying to talk slower today. <laughs> I'm renowned as being a really fast talker and I did get some feedback from last month's show saying that I was talking pretty quick at last month's show and um, it's really weird because when for me, like right now, the speed I'm talking at seems ultra slow and, and to be honest, I'm, I could just blah, 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 blah as much as I wanted to. So I'm going to try to talk slower in this month's show, but um, maybe you just have to get your listening to be a little bit faster. Other than that, it's, uh, it's what, it's at seven o'clock in the morning here in Christchurch, so I'm going to kind of get into today's show. It's an interesting show and it's it's one that's come up, you know, it's, it's a subject that I've known for years, but it's come up more recently as I've been doing more and more coaching and, and it's a problem that, well it's, well it's not a problem, but it's something that I, I notice a lot in a lot of my clients who I work with and 
how we've worked on changing some of this stuff has had a big impact on a few of my clients and so I thought it's an area that maybe we could talk about in today's show so I'm going to chuck on the show I'll talk through a couple emails at the end of the show and uh, other than that I think we should get rocking and rolling I went out for dinner the other night. We went to this um, amazing Italian restaurant and I got myself a calzone and I have to admit it was probably the biggest calzone I've ever seen in my life and it was only the medium so it was a bit of an effort but I got through it. And it was with a big bunch of people, a big bunch of um, people similar age, all in their mid-30s and all kind of in a similar place in life. And uh, a few people I knew really well and a few people that I didn't really even know that well. But were, it was a really nice bunch of people and we're having a really nice kind of experience. And it was one of those nights where you kind of drift around the different people within the group and have conversations with them. So earlier on I was talking to some boys about our, our ex-sporting careers and you know how great we were at sport when you were younger and you know which sport is better and so on and that was kind of fun. And then I started talking to some of the females about, you know, female stuff. <laughs> and uh, and we kind of was just getting around those conversations. And eventually I, I started talking to this girl who I ended up sitting next to for a while and she was a, a real nice kind of person if you know what I mean like she had, we had a really good conversation and just kind of one of those people where you, as soon as you start talking to them you kind of just get along with them really well and we're kind of talking about things and you know we're kind of talking about where we are in life right now and so on and this girl we're I'm 34 right now and I think she was about 36 37 maybe maybe a little bit less than that around that age and we're kind of she's still single and in our conversation early on it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that the fact that she was still single was something that was a little bit frustrating in her life and that and you know and she talked about how you know if you look around with the friends most people at that age have settled down they're having kids they're looking at those next level things and for her she you know she wasn't quite there yet and if you looked at other areas of her life she was really successful but when it comes to finding a partner she kind of had had some relationships over the years and some of them been good and some of them had been bad but she kind of felt that she wasn't really where she wanted to be in life because she really felt she needed that partner to be in a place where she felt she was you know meant to be or, or would where she'd be happier with that you know that's kind of a roundabout way of putting it so we kind of explored the subject for a while and it's funny because I do I do the personal coaching and when I do a personal coaching I go into it with a role as, as a coach but in normal days conversations I'm not trying to be a coach to people because I'm just being social but we kind of explored the subject for a while and we explored you know why did she feel she was like this and you know previous experiences and, and how previous experience had kind of maybe determined how she was looking at the world right now and she kept on talking and, and we kind of talked for about half an hour around the subject and it was it was a really good conversation we kind of you know, it was some good insight that she revealed to me and, and it was just a different way of looking at things for me because I do have a relationship that I'm really happy with and so it's kind of a different life. But after a while, when we've been talking, something became really clear to me. That this girl that I was talking to, who was hoping to, you know, find a partner eventually, continuously used this statement at the start of most sentences she had when she was talking about herself. She'd start, a, she'd start a sentence and she'd say, the problem with me is, and then she'd go on to lead into a certain area. So I would ask a question, I might say to her, um, you know, well, you know, well, you know, what happened the last time you were in a relationship? And she would go, well, the problem with me is, and so on. Now, it wasn't that she started every sentence like that, but 
often that would be her lead-in to the way that she started, the way she described herself. At first, I wasn't even aware of it. I suppose if I had my coach's hat on, I may have been a bit more aware of it, but I wasn't, you know, more in a social situation. But after a while, it became really obvious that she was using this this term, you know, the problem with me is as a lead into a sentence so much in the way she was describing herself and the reason she was in the situations that she was in right now. And that experience really leads me into today's show. The idea of negative self-talk. The idea that our, our internal dialogue and our external dialogue, the conversations we have with others, and the words that we are using within ourselves, that can have a massive impact in a negative way on the way we see ourselves and the way we experience the world. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. The way the external internal dialogue that we have and the words that we use within that can have a massive influence on the way we see and experience the world. It's so, so important that we kind of start to become aware of this stuff. So what is self-talk? Well, self-talk really is that conversation that you're having in your head about yourself. And why is it so important? Well, you know, there is positive self-talk and there is negative self-talk. And and I don't want to get all kind of, you know, positive thinking and all the rest of it. But if we go back to some of the shows I've done in the past, if we look at the show where I did on Where Do You Focus? And the concept of that show was that, um, you know, where your focus is, is is how you're going to experience the world. And I think I remember I talked about the bike ride that I was having that race up the hill and how during the first part of the ride, my focus was, man, I feel tired. And because I felt tired, all my thoughts from that moment forward was justifying the reasons I feel tired. And then I started to become aware of that and I put my focus on how can I have the best race possible? And using things like the how question to get me through that situation, which then put my focus on the direction that I wanted to go in. Well, self-talk in itself is like that focus. Self-talk has a massive influence on the way we experience the world. Let's go back to my girl that I was talking to at the restaurant. If you're using a term to yourself all the time, the problem with me is, when you go into certain situations, so, you know, for her... In, in her experience, she would ultimately like to find a partner that, you know, was kind of, you know, would work with her. Now, when she meets somebody who could be potentially fit the mould that she wants to find in her life, and but she thinks to herself, the problem with me is, how does she go into that experience with that person and what kind of impact will her thought of the problem with me is have on the way she experiences that and her actions moving in that connection with that person? Now, I, I can't be 100% right on the th- thoughts she would have because I'm, I'm not living in her mind, but I imagine she would be looking for the things that are wrong in herself that the person would not, you know, that would have maybe may be a reason to reject her when they're having this connection. And that's where self-talk can have a massive negative influence on your life because it can predetermine the experiences and what you can achieve in certain areas. Because this negative self-talk can have this, you know, it puts your focus on the things that, you know, that aren't necessarily the way you want to best experience the world. There's some arguments around this concept of, um, from NLP, and I've talked about this previously in the show, but the idea that um, that your mind is a computer and really what you do is it's basically a computer doesn't work by itself, that you need to put programs in the computer to make sure it does what it does and that really that self-talk is one of those things that you use to program the way you experience the world. And the argument is that if you have negative self-talk, you're going to experience the world 
in a negative way. But if you could adjust that self-talk to focus in better areas and more positive ways, then you can have you know, a better life that is more in the area that you want to go in or the direction or the way you want to experience the world, I suppose, is a better way of putting it. So let's have a quick look at some types of self-talk. Now, I've, I've written down a few here, but to be honest, there's probably a lot more than that. And I'm really just going to focus on one or two that I think probably can have the biggest impact on the way we are experiencing the world. So there's the focus on one thing problem, and that's where you may be doing something really, really well, but your self-talk still focuses on the one thing that you did wrong. And the example may be you have a really amazing race, but after the race you still go, well, I didn't work hard enough at the end, I need to work harder, and all your self-talk goes on that. There's the, the, the you know the massive kind of everything's wrong with the world kind of one. Actually, this gets me thinking, I was... There's a guy called Darren Brown who does, he's, I'm sure a lot of UK listeners and people in Europe would probably hear of him, but maybe the people in America and Australia and New Zealand and, and those parts of the world probably haven't heard of him so much, but he's, he's kind of like a David Blaine kind of magician slash mind guy. And recently he's done a series of programs which I thought were absolutely brilliant called The Experiments. And he does four experiments and uh, he does one where he tries to get someone to confess to murder that they didn't do. He does another one where he... Um, he tries to hypnotise someone to kill somebody and then he does another one where he does like a, a fake game show and tries to see how the group think will influence, you know, how you can influence group think to make negative decisions. But then in one of the shows he does, and, and I'll, put, I'll put this in the show notes, so I'll go on YouTube and I'll embed it on my website, bevanjamesisles.com, and he does a show where he basically tries to see if he can create a little township and make them lucky. And within that... He uh, So basically he does all these little tricks to make the town feel that they're lucky and he then focuses on four people in particular to make them feel very lucky. And I think three of the people turned, I can't remember exactly, go and watch it, it's really great, but I think three of the people basically turned out to be more lucky through the experience he had. But there was one guy in particular who from the start identified that he wasn't lucky. His external dialogue with Darren Brown was very much, I'm not lucky, I've never been lucky, I never will be lucky, it's just not possible. So what Darren did, it was that he basically set up all these opportunities for this guy to be lucky. The guy was a butcher, so he set up all these opportunities for these, this butcher to be lucky. Like for example, there was one where he, there was a giveaway on the street where if he went up to this person, he would win like $100 if he could name a certain type of meat. And... Uh, there was another one where he actually put $50 in front of his feet, you know, like on a piece of string, so he could find $50 and see himself as being very lucky. And he did lots of things like that to convince this guy that he was lucky. But what happened in the show and what is really fascinating around this experience because of this guy's internal dialogue and external dialogue around being not lucky was that this guy never saw the opportunities to be lucky. He didn't, when the person in the street came up to him and said, oh, you know, we've got this quiz where you can win $100. He said, oh, no, 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 I'm busy. I need to go. I'll come back later and do it. And he didn't go back and do it. When he was walking down the street, he had a $50 note in front of his feet, right in front of him, and he didn't see it. And within that show, he then showed you other people who thought they were lucky and they saw every opportunity for luck in what they did. And it was it's a very fascinating experience. Because it showed that often luck really is about seeing opportunities. But with our butcher friend in the show, his internal dialogue was that he was never lucky. 
So his mind had predetermined to shut up, to shut off to opportunities where luck could be provided. Or again, I'll put this on my website because it was very, very fascinating. It was a real example of how our internal dialogue can really influence, or our self-talk can really influence the way we see the world. Another form of self-talk is the idea of polarizing that, that you're going in and that the experience you're about to have is already going to be good or bad that um, when I go to the gym, it's going to be a bad experience. And so your self-talk will justify all that. And I know this is kind of like the focus stuff we've done before, but the big area I want to talk about is the self-talk around your self-identity. The self-talk around who you are and the negative self-talk around who you are and how that has a big influence on how you experience yourself in this world. And I'm going to talk about a couple of my coaching clients here, and, and I'm not going to name names or anything, but there's a couple of clients in particular, and there's um, there's one girl I started working with, and her, you know, the, the the person at dinner, her saying was, the problem with me is, well, this other person was, she would often say, and it was done in a joking way, oh, I suck at life. You know, and she'd say it in quite a comical way, but she'd say it quite often, and as much as she was doing it in quite a comical way, it was also reinforcing that idea that she sucked at life or that when things went wrong, that was her go-to statement, which would then have implications which were holding her back as a person. But there's another client I have who I've been working with for a while and, and achieving massive success with. It's like it's really, really cool. And uh, she's been having some problems with um, eating behaviours. And one of the statements that she would use is that she didn't want to become the fat girl. And this came, this idea, the idea of being a fat girl came from a previous experience in her life. Now, this person that I'm coaching, she's a, a fit woman and she's doing, you know, she's great neck, like to, really, really great neck. But when she, and years and years ago, she was an overweight person and she obviously didn't like what she was at that time. And she's overcome that. But within that, she's kept on the self-talk where she uses the term fat girl all the time. And it's really, it's, it's interesting watching it from the outside because she's not, seriously, she is a fit woman and she looks great and she's in great neck, but, but she has this experience and this reinforcement of fat chick, or fat girls, I should say, all the time in her internal and external dialogue. And what happens is the way she experiences the world is always bringing up that idea of a fat girl. So if she ever goes to a party and maybe eats a little bit too much food, I don't know, she, we haven't talked about this stuff, but I'm just putting this is now in my own context. But I imagine when she goes to parties and let's say there's some food out, you know, you know, we all get a loose temptation at times. But if she ever goes to a party and, and has maybe too many biscuits, she will instantly start calling herself a fat girl. Now, what are the implications of that? Well, the implications are massive because what happens when you have negative self-talk like that is you become unrealistic around the expectations you have on yourself. And, and, I'll, and I'll elaborate a little bit more on this. This person, again, I'm going to say is, is in great nick, seriously super fit and doing really well. When she uses the term fat girl, if she makes a little mistake like we all do, you know, like we all have moments in our life where we give into temptation, she starts to use the self-talk of the fat girl, which then takes her back to a time when she was overweight, which was years and years ago, but she, this was a time where she was overweight. So 
the idea that having one or two biscuits over, you know, what she considers a healthy amount means she's instantly going to go back to the thing she fears the most. And so she has this expectation of one bad behavior will bloom into this thing that is absolutely massive. It's almost like her self-talk's leading her towards, and again, I'm putting, this is my own thoughts, this isn't hers, but it's, it's almost like her self-talk's leading her towards the idea that she had one bad biscuit, she's suddenly going to be 20 kgs bigger overnight. That this negative self-talk of being a fat girl is making her expectations around certain situations totally unrealistic, which then leads her down a path of negative behaviour which she wants to move away from. Now, if she were able to adjust that self-talk to lose that fat girl self-talk and then to see things more realistically, she would understand that occasionally to have a biscuit or two extra doesn't mean she's going to put on 20 kgs straight away. Because for her, and because she has this internal dialogue of around the fat girl based on experience from 20 years ago, but... I suppose the thing is, is that while the experience of being overweight was 20 years ago, the concept of being a fat girl in her mind, in her self-talk, has been happening for 20 years. So for her, this fat girl self-talk has created a a very small gauge or a very small boundary that she has to stay within with, with her weight. So if she were to put on 1kg in a short period of time, which happens, you know, like it happens Christmas time, people put on weight and um, people often put on a couple of kg over Christmas time. You know, there's certain periods of time where you may be training really well and then you move off that for a little bit just because you're busy at work or something. We all put on a little bit of weight at times. But because she has this fat girl self-talk, when she puts on a little bit of weight, she thinks she's instantly going back to the overweight girl she was a long time ago. And so because of that, that then leads her down behaviours that she wanted to change. And, uh, you know, the good news is she's making massive improvements. And, and to be honest, it's, she's growing so fast, so it's really great stuff. I have a similar experience about this with myself when I was younger. There's, there's a couple of areas I could probably talk about. And I'm sure you guys, are, as I talk about this stuff, can see it within yourself, areas where you've had negative self-talk based around your identity, which have had a big influence on you know, how you see the world. And when I was younger, I went through a period where I felt I was very clumsy. I would uh, trip over things and and every time I trip over things, I would tell myself, geez, you're so clumsy. And this is the thing about self-talk is it's not just that it can lead to the way you experience the world, but when anything happens, it will reinforce in your mind, you'll reinforce it with your self-talk to justify that you are that way inclined. So, for example, when I saw myself as clumsy, well, I think it was about 18 at the time, I saw myself as being really clumsy. And that that whole time, any time I had any experience that you could consider clumsy, like I might drop a fork in the kitchen when I'm cooking dinner at night, I would say to, say to myself, my self-talk would reinforce the concept that I am clumsy. Now, everybody drops the fork in the kitchen sometimes. But if you don't think you're clumsy, you just drop a fork and you think, I'm going to need to pick up the fork. But when you think you're clumsy and your self-talk tells you you're clumsy, then what happens is all your focus goes on reinforcing the idea that you are clumsy, which leads you further and further down that path of your negative self-talk, which in my mind made me more clumsy, which is really funny because then I'd, you know, if I ever tripped over things, geez, you're so clumsy. And, and I'd say it out loud and I'd say it within myself. And again, those those clumsy things that I would do just reinforced that I was clumsy and when they would happen my self-talk would would back it up you know you are clumsy and it's like my mind and my self-talk were looking for opportunities 
to justify that thinking, which then led me to believing that's what I am in the world, that I'm a clumsy person. Now for me, how did I overcome that? It was actually interesting because I, I hadn't learned much of the stuff that I know nowadays and I, so I didn't really have a strategy as such. But one day I just woke up and I realised everyone's clumsy. Everyone trips over sometimes and everybody drops the, drops the fork in the kitchen and so on. And by doing that, I was able to remove that concept that I'm overly clumsy, that I'm the most clumsy person in the world. And it was fascinating actually because as soon as I did that, everyone's clumsy. If I ever drop the fork again, I just go, well, forks drop. <laughs> and so on. So I was able to change the context of my self-talk in those situations, which then stopped the justification of me being a clumsy person. Now, I'm pretty sure as I've been talking about this, you could probably self-identify with, um, you know, self-talk in your own life and maybe where you have your clumsy or, or you know, the problem with me is, or it's probably starting to come up in your mind around what is self-talk that you're using in your own life that is maybe to a negative way. Now, the good thing with self-talk is it can be changed. It's not something that you have to maintain forever. But it is a skill. And for someone who, you know, like the Fat Girl story, for someone like that, they've been doing it for 20 years, day in, day out, and at every moment as they trip over, they reinforce that self-talk. So it's something that needs work on to adjust but the good news is it can be changed and it can be changed into a positive way that can then shift your focus into the direction that you want to be heading in. So I'm going to talk you through a bit of a process or, or some processes that you can use in regards to your self-talk to move you forward. And I suppose the first thing we need to do is we need to become aware of what self-talk we're using in our life and what situations and what impact that is having. Because there's positive self-talk as well. There's times where you see yourself like as an athlete, I'd often, when I was ultra fit, I'd go into a race and I knew that I was really strong in a hill. So if a hill was coming in a race, I'd, I'd be telling myself, I'm really strong here. It's a good time to attack. That self-talk was justifying certain behaviors and certain things that I wanted to do in a positive light. And that's the same thing that we want to do. We want to kind of train ourselves to become great at self-talk so that we can you know, if we go back to that computer program kind of thinking, that we can program ourselves to become the person that we want to be and to experience the world in a way that makes us most happy and most fulfilled. So I'm going to talk through some processes that you can maybe incorporate into your life. And, and like all the shows that I do, there will be a workbook that goes alongside the show. So I'll talk about that after the section here. But the first thing we need to do is to be aware of our self-talk. And here are a few ideas that you can use to become aware of your self-talk. First of all, maybe spend some time identifying the areas of your life where you know you struggle. So for some of you, it may be your weight. For some of you, it may be you feel you're lazy. For some of you, it might be other things like being clumsy or so on. Identify that one area really well. Okay, so let's just use the overweight one. If you feel you're overweight, what self-talk are you using around your overweight thoughts? So spend a day or two trying to catch yourself and learning what those self-talk things are. Now nowadays most of us have smartphones or devices or, or ways that we can get thoughts out of our mind straight away. And a good thing to do, excuse me, is a good thing to do is Every time you experience yourself having that self-talk, stop and write it, like if you've got an iPhone, write it in your iPhone straight away. Okay, well, I think about myself as being overweight 
and I think of myself as a fat slob every time I eat too much chicken or eat, eat too much ch- chocolate when I'm out or whatever. And so if I eat too much chocolate, I'm a fat slob. Okay. So then what you're doing is you're trying to find all the different times and different situations where that self-talk comes up. Now I'm sure that just by listening to today's show, you're probably going to start to become real. You're going to notice this self-talk more and more. It's going to become more obvious in your mind that you are doing this. Another idea is to do it like a logbook, so like like on the iPhone, but you could have a logbook that you just carry around. And in the first stage, we are really just trying to become aware of when you use this self-talk. A really good thing to do is if you have someone you can trust. Someone in your life who you know you can trust is not going to be abusive of vulnerability. Record a conversation with them. Just sit down and have a you know a tape deck or, a, or an iPhone or, or some device that can help you, your computer that you can record and just have a conversation. Have it going for a while so you forget that the device is there and start to have some conversations around the area that you know you are struggling in. So it might be you know, we'll go back to weight. If, if you're overweight and it's something that you really are worried about, sit down, have a conversation with someone you trust and you know won't abuse your vulnerabilities. And then just talk about stuff and then lead the conversation towards weight. And just notice how you talk about yourself. Listen to the recording at the end of it and notice the words that you use and the self-talk internally and externally that you use in that conversation to how you justify yourself in the world. Other things we want to do is we could look at weak and strong situations. You know, when you know you feel good around um, the areas that you're weak, what are the self-talk you use in that situation? So we can learn the things that we can duplicate in the future. So let's say you've had a night where you've gone out for dinner with some friends and maybe the restaurant situation is really a struggle with you because you have so much temptation in that situation. But that night you didn't. You stayed strong to the idea of not eating bad food. So what was the self-talk you used in that situation? And ideally you can learn what that is and maybe duplicate that moving forward. And then the times when you're weak, you know, did your self-talk go further into a deeper place that made you, you know, like, okay, maybe a fat slob is how you felt normally. But then if you're feeling really bad about yourself, you know, a fat slob that's never going to do any well, I'm always going to be big, I'm just going to get so fat, people look at me and think, you know, all this kind of self-talk, which is just so destructive and so hard on yourself. The last one I'll quickly talk about is the idea of actually setting up um, alarms in your day. So you set up an alarm to go off at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 1, 3, 5 and 8 at night. And what you need to do is each time the alarm goes off, you just have to write down the self-talk you had had closest to the time the alarm went off. And you're just learning, it's just kind of catching you in moments where you're not really aware of it because it's just another way to kind of do this stuff. So the first step is to really become aware of where your self-talk is in your life right now and figuring out when you're using negative self-talk and particularly in areas that you're really, really struggling with in life. The second step in moving forward with self-talk is to place a landmark that can help you realize that you need to adjust your self-talk in those negative moments. So if the first step is to figure out, okay, well, I need to be aware of where my self-talk is, and then you're going throughout your day and suddenly you call yourself a fat slob. Oh man, I'm such a fat slob. The second point is to go, okay, stop. So that what's the landmark is? The landmark is making you stop your train of thought 
to then be able to put your focus on the direction that's going to have more positive influence and outcome for yourself. So first step is influence, I mean awareness. The second point is stop. So when you've seen that awareness, then to say to yourself, stop. And you can do things like have a visual reference. So when you see yourself calling yourself a fat slob, you, in your mind, you you see a big stop sign coming at you as fast as possible, and it comes right up to you, and it's red and it's bright, and it comes with a noise like vroom, and it tells yourself stop. And I know that seems quite dramatic, but really these these things do work. Once you have that landmark in place, so you've got the awareness, you've put the landmark that stop your thinking right now. Then what we need to do is we need to use to replace these negative self talk with a more positive self-talk in the direction that's putting your focus in a better way. So let's go back to square one. Square one is the awareness, okay, I'm a fat slob. Step two is the the place, the landmark, okay, stop. See the the stop sign coming at you fast as possible, even put the sound effects in because I love that stuff. And then what you've done, once you've stopped and given yourself some time to think, you're trying to put in place a better strategy around your self-talk. And there's, there's a few ways we can do that. First way is... The use of questions. And so, you know, for example, let's say you're at that party again and you've had too many biscuits and you're feeling bad about yourself and you've called yourself a fat slob, which, you know, historically means you think you're going to be 20 kg overweight really quickly and so on. Well, if you then put the landmark in place, say stop, then you can go, okay, well, realistically, what have I done wrong? What is the biggest impact this can have? And how can I make sure I put my focus on eating healthy for the rest of the night? Okay, what have I done wrong? Okay, well, I've had two biscuits too many. Okay, what's the biggest impact that can have? Okay, well, there's probably, you know, 500 calories in that, which isn't ideal, but it means that I might put on a little bit of weight tomorrow, but that's, you know, if I can readjust my thinking, I will, you know, it's not that big, it's not 20 kgs more. Okay, well, how can I make sure I eat well for the rest of the night? And then that goes back to some of that focus stuff I talked about in the other show, that you're putting your focus on the behaviors that you want to have. Okay, well, how can I make sure? Okay, well, let's first of all remove myself away from the food that's sitting next to me right now. Maybe I need to leave a little bit earlier than I planned. Maybe I need to go outside and sit down with some friends, go have a big glass of water so I feel a little bit full, and so on. By using things like the how question, how can I shift myself away from, that will have a big difference. Affirmations, I've done a show on affirmations before, you could set some affirmations in place when you find that landmark, so the landmark comes up and you know instead of saying I'm a fat, you know, fat slob, you can say okay I'm not a fat slob, I'm just learning my skill of improving my self-talk. I will now look for the healthy option and I will make healthy decisions which will make me feel better about myself. Okay, Millie, I just threw that affirmation out there right now, but you could maybe have a set, write down and spend some time writing down a list of affirmations in place for that when that landmark comes up. It's actually predetermining some self-talk that you can use at that time. One thing we do want to be aware of at this time is um, the idea of, again, going back to process-driven actions. So when we think about um, the the landmark time, often what happens is when we have negative self-talk, there's a lot of emotion attached to it. And I know we've done shows on bad and negative emotions in the past, and but often at those times when you think you're a fat slob, you know there's also a negative emotion that comes with that. So you feel bad about yourself as well, and so you own it that you are a person who should feel bad about themselves forever. 
And so, you you know, it's that I'm bad at eating. Well, I'm overweight. I have no control. Whereas if you think about the process around control and you think around using questions or affirmations once the landmarks come up, you could go, okay, well, I've eaten two biscuits too many. What is the process that I need to do to make sure I can stay away from biscuits for the rest of tonight? Okay, and again, it's kind of kind of similar to what I was saying before. Okay, what would be the process if you were to set up a strategy to make you avoid, you know, the temptation that's making you feel bad about yourself? Then your mind's focus will move towards actions that um, are, are better for you and in the direction that you want to be heading in. I suppose, lastly, that be realistic around what you're saying. Be realistic, and when you know when you're using different wording, you know, and that's that whole process-driven. Think about actions that you can control. The thing is with self-talk, and, and this is one of the things that saddens me the most about it, is that a lot of people out there, their self-talk is making them dislike themselves. Their self-talk is making them feel bad about themselves. And every time, if we go back to it reinforces the negativity that you don't like in yourself, that every time you make any small mistake, your self-talk can justify the dislike you have for yourself, which takes you into a deeper dislike of self, which then can lead to worse behaviours and keeps you on a path of disliking yourself. And, and that's one of the saddest things, I think, is of, of our modern day society, is that we're creating lives where people have a fundamental dislike of who they are in their life. And their self-talk spends so much time reinforcing that dislike. And it, it, it really does sad to me because... Man, life would, life's hard when you don't like yourself. I suppose the, the shining light at the end of the tunnel with today's show is that you can adjust your self-talk. And if you've listened to today's show and you've really identified that maybe you do have quite a lot of negative self-talk that's holding you back, you need to realise it's just a skill. And like any skill, a skill can be changed. But if you've been doing it for 20 years of your life, if you've been calling yourself a fat slob for 20 years of your life, or if you've started sentence with the problem with me is, or, or I'm clumsy, it's going to be a skill that takes a bit of time to adjust and to improve. But if you were to spend 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day just where you sit down, you start to learn you know, when you're becoming you know, that awareness. You start to put those landmarks in place and you develop strategies that adjust your self-talk in a direction that makes you take actions and process-driven actions towards a better you. Then that 15-minute investment will have a huge impact on the way you feel about yourself and the actions that you take, which will then have a big impact on the results that you get. The negative self-talk can often keep you in the place that you don't like about yourself. For an overweight person who tells themselves they're a fat slob all the time, that then makes them feel negatively, emotionally bad about themselves. That negative emotion will lead them towards more bad decisions, which justifies more self-talk. But if we can spend, commit 15 minutes a day to improving our skill of our self-talk, then we'll become better at those situations and better at controlling our behaviours in those situations, which will lead to us maintaining better, healthier decisions and moving towards, you know, weight loss and, and positive things. You're not bad. You're not a bad person. We're not taught this stuff in school, and it's a pity we're not. We're not taught that, you know, how the, the way we communicate with ourselves has such a massive influence on the way we experience the world. 
if you do want to adjust the way you are experiencing the world into a more positive light and you feel you are being held back by your own negative self-talk, make a commitment. 15 minutes a day. Think that at at the moment you're a grade 1 self-talker and you're working towards being a grade 10 self-talker. It may take a year. But imagine if you were able to remove that self-talk and that negative negativity that comes alongside that to and take it into a more positive place. So go on. Start to become aware of your self-talk. Put those landmarks in place and start to replace the negative self-talk with more positive self-talk, which will help you become a better version of yourself. Alright guys, that's uh, pretty much today's show, but I, I, will, I will kind of, I kind of did that show a little while ago and now I'm kind of just coming back to kind of wrap up the show and and, and I suppose the one thing I will talk about right now is that um, I really focused on negative self-talk, I talked a lot about, you know, the negative times and the negative things we're doing in our lives and, you know, and because I think for the main audience, that's the biggest adjustment, I, you know, if I can have a big impact with today's show, it's really around the idea of removing the negative but you can also use self-talk in a more positive way like let's say you're someone who doesn't really struggle with things like eating and stuff but you still want to develop yourself with self-talk well as an athlete you can train yourself to make use better self-talk at times when you're struggling in your training you can develop you know different you know like with my piano playing recently I've been doing a lot of um, I've been doing a lot of sight reading work and sight reading works it's kind of really hard and mentally challenging if we go back to the idea that your mental ability is, is like any other like your muscles that sight work is very <laughs> mentally draining because it's very challenging and the thing is I'm learning that with sight reading there's a real real good process that you should follow and when I don't follow the process, my sight reading doesn't go so well, and I tend to go down the path that I'm using negative self-talk or, or self-talk that's you know kind of oh you're always going to be a struggle with sight reading. But when I do it well, my self-talk goes okay. Now you need to stick to the process, go through the process, and so on. And I tend to sight read better. So if you are someone who doesn't really struggle with anything in particular, or your self-talk's pretty good anyway, think about how you can enhance your self-talk to make you even more effective in your life. Just something to put out there. I just thought I'd chuck that in because I didn't really touch on that in the show. I like all shows. There is a workbook for today's show, and to admittedly, I'm kind of working on it right now. I'm aiming to get it out by this Friday. Now, I know a lot of you guys will be listening to this in the future, so just go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com, and if you go to the fitness behavior page, there'll be show notes for today's show, and you'll have the link to the PDF that goes with this show. It's $3. It's about a 10 to 12 page document. And it's basically just a series of questions and it's kind of homework to get you getting in place a system around installing some of the stuff we talked about in the show. So go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com. And I will also, in today's show notes, have the YouTube clip of the Darren Brown show that I was talking about. It was pretty fascinating stuff. And um, I think you'll get a bit of insight into some of the tricks that he uses to make people see their world in a different light. So uh, very interesting stuff. I've got a uh, few emails through this month. I thought I'd read one of them out. And it's actually interesting because um, maybe I should one day do a show a little bit around where I come from with regards to reading and spelling because I come from a place where um, I left high school not being able to spell and reading was pretty horrific anyway. You know, like I left high school 
and I and I couldn't even spell some four letter words. Like I was a terrible speller, <clears throat> and I failed high school. And I was, a, you know, I left the schooling system as a total failure. And and uh, there was such a big barrier for me to overcome in my life because spelling is such a, you know, spelling's like walking. You know, whoever thinks about how they walk, but because it's just such an installed behaviour for most people. But for people who can't spell, it's a really really hard thing. And I was one of those people. And at those at that time when I kind of found my transformational experience in life, I realized that for me to overcome, for me to grow, I had to learn how to spell. And so I went and got spelling lessons and I went and got these spelling lessons. And I remember doing, I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the show before. So if I have, sorry, but you know, if I haven't, here we go. So I went and got these spelling lessons and, and I remember doing Read a Rabbit, which a few of you may have heard of. It's a computer program, which is for preschool kids to learn spelling. And I would be sitting in this room with little, you know, five-year-olds learning spelling. And here I was learning spelling with these kids. And, you know, because I really was a level one speller and I had to learn how to become a better speller. And also my reading was a really bad thing. And why am I telling you? So I'm kind of telling you this before I read this email because my self-talk at that time with reading, like I remember my reading was terrible and reading out loud was the most scary thing. I remember being at school and having to stand up and read out loud and it was so, so scary, so daunting and so embarrassing, especially at that age. It was, you know, like I I avoided it so much. I'd much rather be sent outside or have to write lines or something than have to stand up and read. And I remember times, at those times where, you know, I just would just feel like having to stand up in front of the class and read out a sentence in English and, and it was just embarrassing, and I used to hate it when teachers would make me do that. And so, I then went on and did my learned how to spell and, and got better at reading and stuff like that. And, and nowadays, I can read, you know, internally really well, but externally, it's still something I'm working on. And it's fascinating that within myself, I still have this negative self-talk about reading out loud, and my self-awareness becomes really big. And for me, the process I've talked about in today's show is something that I do when I read out loud is that I've realized that if I look at my skill with reading out loud, because I never did it and because I was never trained really well from a young age, when I read out loud, I'm looking at the word and thinking about, well, I know it's quite revealing, but you know, I think you've got to be honest. When I read out loud, my skill from the start would be I'm reading the word that I'm looking at right now and at the same time I'm telling myself that I'm a bad reader out loud. So what happens is I become self-aware and I'm worried about what you guys are thinking so much as I'm reading this stuff. Now, for me, I've learned that really one of the biggest faults I have as a reader out loud is that I don't look ahead as I read. So over the last few years, I've been trying really hard to develop my skill of reading out loud by looking ahead more as I read. And if you've listened to my other show, I Am Talk, you'll notice if you listen to those shows earlier on, when I read out emails on the show, I was absolutely terrible. And, and while I was doing that, I was really self-aware around this reading out loud. And, you know, I'm still not perfect there, and I've still got a long way to go because I, you know, the skill of reading out loud, I've still, you know, got a long way to go on that. You know, if, if we think of grade one reader out louder, if there's such a word, through to grade 10, I'm probably still only at grade three or four, but it's something I'm working on. And nowadays what I'm doing is when I'm reading out loud, I'm not thinking to myself, oh my God, you're so bad at reading out loud. What are they going to think of you? I'm thinking, what is the process I need to do to be successful? So I've just put a whole lot of pressure on myself, haven't I? Because I'm going to read out this email. And, uh, but just, I think it's important that, you know, because I often think, you know, we live in this world where we get, we given 
like I understand I have this kind of role model thing to some people and I don't know how big that is and I don't really know much about it but I I honestly think that honesty and revealing your weaknesses is really important for all people in this world so that's why I'm kind of waffling on anyway here's an email I got an email through from Jason it says See, I instantly go to that scary place a little bit, but I'm not. No, I'm fine. Um, I have to thank you for the content that you have produced for this show. I'm dedicated I am talk listener and tried out fitness behavior a few months back and never returned until now. I thoroughly enjoyed the episode that you put on for your break on I am talk and have since downloaded every show. I'm an elementary school teacher in the US and we, our school, have focused tremendously on character education over the last few years. It is amazing to see how the techniques you have described can be implemented to my day-to-day teaching and work with character education. I can't wait to utilize affirmations and action triggers planning in my life. I passed your podcast along to my wife who is a social worker and a clinical psychologist. We've had some deep conversations around action triggers and affirmations. Keep up the great work. So I just want to say um, a big thank you to Jason for sending me through that email. Like it's really like I get so much positive reward from the guy the emails you guys send me through. I really do appreciate it, and it's just nice to see that some of the stuff that we're talking about in the show is being implemented. And my Jason, mate, if you're doing this stuff with kids, you know this is the thing: is that all the stuff we talk about on the show we weren't brought up with. But imagine if we can develop an education system where kids are learning these skills. And, you know, what a better life they're going to lead because of these skills that we can train them. So keep up the good work, Jason. It sounds like you and your wife are doing wonderful work. And and just for you guys here, I was a little bit self-aware as I was reading that out. But at the same time, I was also kind of try focus on the process. So um, thanks for that. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much going to be this month's show. Um, what's happening for me this year? 2012 is a big year. And, and, I, and I think the one thing I like to – geez, I'm going long today. I'm going 50 minutes. But I think the one thing I like to talk about when I do um, the show is I like to – a question I like to ask people at the beginning of the year is what were New Year's resolutions? And because uh, not because I actually because I kind of think New Year's resolutions for 99% of the public are a bit of a waste of time, but I think they're nice because they can reveal the areas that you need to work on within yourself. That you know, you might say at the beginning, okay, I need to lose weight. Well, that's you know, just saying it doesn't really match. You need much more to a resolution to make it successful, but you know, if you can learn the areas that you need to develop in yourself. And at times like New Year's resolution, it's a good time because it does, you know, it kind of brings up their honesty. Well, then you can then look to put some energy towards that. So 2012, it's going to be a big year, I'm, I'm hoping. And, and if you're listening to this three years down the piece, 2012, I'm sure was an amazing year. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say for now. You guys have a wonderful month. I'll be back next month. I've got a pretty cool show coming out next month. I've already started doing my research on it, so that should be pretty cool. And uh, if you do have any questions, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. Check out my website, Bevan James Isles. I've got lots of blogs that I put up there and obviously other episodes of this. And if you want to, you can... um, send this my website and the information I'm doing to my friends you know I've got a massive new listenership just because of iTunes which I'm loving um, but also just if you could spread the word I'd really really appreciate it because I'm trying to do my best work to help people grow anyway uh, you guys rock and I'll see you next month